You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. Today, we are going to chat with Kyle Trimble, who is a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangedupbills.com, and he's a regular on this podcast for all Buffalo Bills injury-related conversations. And him and I had a conversation about the Bills and the injury status entering training camp and some other thoughts regarding the health of the team and some of the dynamics of this year. So that is the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, and that conversation will be aired in its entirety in just a moment. But first, a couple of newsy items that I want to touch on, and we'll start with the training camp news. It came out on Thursday that the Bills' first training camp practice will be on Wednesday, July 28th, and that there will be three practices that will be open to fans in Highmark Stadium. Those are going to be July 31st, 10 a.m. on a Saturday, August 7th, 10 a.m. on a Saturday, and then September 1st at noon on a Wednesday. And so for all of those practices, it's open for fans to attend, but a ticket is required. It's a free ticket, and the season ticket holders will have the first opportunity to get them. That actually started on Thursday at 10 a.m. yesterday, and tickets are first come, first serve. So if you want to attend a Bills training camp practice, you have the opportunity to do so. Go to buffalobills.com to get your ticket. The other big piece of news, and the thing about it is, it's not really news, it's just something that was discovered, and that was done by Sal Capaccio of WGR 550, and he noticed that on the Buffalo Bills website, it says that Ken Dorsey was promoted to quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. And so he's been the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach since 2019, but he's gained the label of passing game coordinator. Of course, there was no official announcement about this from the team or anything like that. It just kind of happened, and nobody knew unless you happen to stumble upon his page on the Bills website. And to Sale Capaccio's credit, he happened to do that and brought it to everyone's attention. So what does this signal to me? This is definitely a sign that should Brian Dable leave for a head coaching job somewhere else, Ken Dorsey is being groomed as the successor. I mean, gaining this label of passing game coordinator puts him in the position to get a firsthand opportunity to develop the plan for passing the football on game day. And that's significant. That's the primary thing that the Bills offense does. And so this is no small addition to Ken Dorsey's responsibilities. And I'll be interested in finding out if the Bills give Dorsey some play-calling opportunities in the preseason. So something to monitor. Credit to Sal for bringing this to our attention. And I think this is a big-time signal that should Dable leave for a head coaching job at some point, Ken Dorsey will be the next offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. One last item before we get to my conversation with Kyle Trimble, 
is a reminder that we have a few more position groups to get to for tackling the tough questions. Linebackers, corners, safeties. Maybe we'll do special teams. Maybe we'll do the front office and coaching staff. But whatever the tough questions that you have that are looming large for you entering this season regarding any of those things, send them in. Email is joe at thedraftnetwork.com. I want to flesh out those show concepts for us over the next couple of weeks. So they cannot be done without your great questions. So if you have anything that's on your mind, please take a moment and send them in and we'll have some good conversations to get us ready for the upcoming season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangeduppills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangeduppills. And Kyle joins us each week during the season to talk about the injury situation entering the upcoming game. Well, today we are going to talk about the injury situation entering training camp, which is just a couple of weeks away. So Kyle, I hope you have been well and we're getting back into the groom. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Joe. So let's start with the players that we know from mini camps and OTAs. They're not healthy yet. And um, I know that Isaiah Hodgins did get healthy. He wound up playing and participating in the mandatory OTAs, but that wasn't the case for Zach Moss and Cody Ford. Uh, Cody Ford with the week seven season ending injury. And then Zach Moss with the, uh, the injury in the playoffs that um, we, we actually had him on the podcast and he talked about it, the ankle, uh, pretty significant injury. So what can you tell us about those two players and should they be ready to go for training camp? I'll answer the last part of that first. They'll both be ready for training camp. That's for sure. I'm going to go into Cody Ford first since on my screen, I'm looking at him um, on his Twitter. He has himself in a red Jersey working with the helmet he has like a pressure sleeve on his uh, right knee, but he doesn't have any actual bracing on it. Uh, considering they were really only going for two days, my bet was the training staff said, we're not going to ramp you up to 100% only to have you then basically turn it off and then not do anything for another six weeks. So they said, let's just get you up doing some activities, but not go full bore to irritate a structures in there, potentially cause a injury. So he's going to be ready to go for training camp. The meniscus repairs um, by this point are fully healed, barring a little strengthening or maybe some residual swelling. So he's going to be good to go. And it's good to see he's back on the field and really getting back out there and getting swing of things. He's one of my top five guys I'm worried about from an injury standpoint uh, into the coming into the season. And we'll get into more of that later, but he has to have a healthy season or to really make an impact on this team this year. Uh, going to Zach Moss, he'll also be healthy. Like you said, he was on the podcast earlier this year. He's been looking really good on Instagram from seeing. He's had the tightrope procedure. He hasn't had any limitations with that. 
I also believe that the team just said, we're not going to ramp you up full hundred percent and then have you go back down to nothing um, before training camp. So they just said, let's take it easy and make sure there's not any irritation in the ankle or any freak injury. So uh, both have been really good um, in terms of severity. Those injuries weren't as bad as maybe some other ones, but uh, I'm glad to see both of them out there and there shouldn't be a restrictions come training camp unless there's some crazy new information we have yet to see. So that's pretty encouraging. It sounds like it was more cautionary than anything for those guys to be held out during practice. But I want to touch on Isaiah Hodgins because I was pretty critical. I wouldn't say critical is the right word. I read into the situation when they put him on injury reserve that they were just buying some time and trying to keep him around on the active roster, but not really. But that shoulder injury was pretty significant. They actually brought him back later in the season and they shut him down pretty quick. And he was not ready to go early in OTAs. So what was the reality of this Hodgins situation? And, you know, I guess he's good to go moving forward. From what it sounds like, the fact that he was able to participate fully in OTAs is a good sign. We still haven't got a clear definition of what he did. I do know, and I think it was Buffalo News, or it might have been The Athletic, that this was a college injury. I can't find a record of that, but my guess is that it was either some type of labrum tear because those don't really heal up all that well, but you can play through them. Potentially, it could be a road tear cuff issue, but technically, those things can heal up on their own over time. And I would think if it's not getting better from a muscle standpoint, they're going to go repair it sooner than later. So my guess is leading toward labrum and looking back at the timeline, it sounds like he potentially sublux dislocated it in August. They want to shut him down, get the strength, uh, range motion, dynamic stability back in there, came back around Thanksgiving. And then something must've happened again where they said, this isn't working. Then that's where they shut down and uh, I gave him the surgery. So you look at the surgery, I think he had in early December, you bring it to June, that's about six months for a labor repair in the shoulder, and hence why he's cleared to go for OTAs at that point. Once again, all speculation, but I would think there's at least some educated guessing behind that based off of um, the new information we know and then how the surgical uh, protocols go. So I know you want to get into this draft discussion because the Bills drafted eight new players and you've been doing some digging and uncovered some information about some of the strategy behind the Bills and their draft picks and how they treat injuries. So why don't you catch us up to speed on that? And we can get into some of the newest rookies on the team and some of the injury history that is relevant. So I'm going to hit on how Brandon Bean has drafted, and then you'll kind of make sense of um, why he's done what he's done and then how that reflects this year's draft class. Cause this is how I came into it at that time here. So I had put an article up on Buffalo rumblings on April 26th, right before the draft. And I went back and looked at the draft history of each player regards to their injury history. And it was pretty telling uh, Brandon Bean really likes looking at the top talents, obviously what the needs of the team are. And they try to avoid any major injuries. I know last time I was on the podcast, we talked about Caleb Farley being a draft target. Obviously he went to the Tennessee Titans before the bills could draft him. But looking back, I don't know that he would have gone to the bills in the first place. Uh, Going back to 2018, I'm going to hit the first two draft picks. Um, 
Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, they both had fractures, but they've been overall fairly healthy in their time with the Bills, minus some minor injuries. Um, going down to the third round, Harrison Phillips has left ACL tear, uh, missed 13 games, and then he had another injury in, in college. He has ACL tear in the pros as well. Uh, going into the 2019 draft at Oliver, he had a minor left knee injury. Cody Ford had a broken uh, left fibula and then undisclosed injury. And then um, Devin Singletary had, did not have any reported injuries. Dustin Knox had a bunch of injuries, including dislocated ankle, foot injury, along with a stress fracture and meniscus repair. And then 2020, AJ Epinesa didn't have anything except for a broken leg back to high school. And then Zach Moss had a bunch of injuries, including turf toe meniscal repair, and then hand injury along with AC joint sprain. So why I bring all that stuff up is if I go back and look at the 2021 draft class, you see the very similarities with that. Gregory Rousseau, he only had a broken ankle his freshman year, and he's been very healthy ever since then. Um, 20, Eric me, Carlos Basham, he didn't have really much of anything. He had some minor uh, bumps and bruises, but nothing – significant from an injury standpoint then you get into spencer brown he broke his left femur while playing basketball in high school uh then he continued to have soreness as the while playing in high school and he had an osteochondral defect under patella which is basically the smooth portion of the knee there is some type of divot in there that was preventing smooth movement with the patella over the femur and then causing um pain soreness Improper movement, and to go get that repaired. And then going into college, he had an uh, MCL tear along with damage to the patella tendon and also had tore his meniscus at some point, uh, too. I believe that was back in high school. So, once again, uh, going back, they look for supreme talent in the first and second rounds with minor injury history, minus fractures. Third round, they're going for what's the best talent, regardless of injury. And then fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, they kind of get a variety of guys. Some guys don't have a ton of injury history. Some do uh, look at each guy from this year's draft class. We have Tommy Doyle. He had a shoulder uh, injury, labrum, and a foot injury. Not a ton of detail on that. Richard Wild Goose has scapular fracture, which are pretty rare, but they do happen. Marquez Stevenson had an ACL tear and collarbone fracture. Uh, DeMar Hamlin had core muscle repair. In fact, he had complications with that. Uh, which was pretty interesting to, to read about. And then Jack Anderson had a pair of labor repairs and their his shoulders each side. So it's really interesting to see how the Bills draft. And I think it's worth noting that next year uh, for the 2022 draft that this might be a, a tell for Brandon Bean to say, hey, here's where they're going to go at. So that's really interesting. And I guess as you work through that and my eyes began to open as the trend became quite clear. You mentioned Harrison Phillips and the significant injuries in college, and those have surfaced again in the pros. Same thing with Dawson Knox, where whether it was the hamstring as a rookie or the calf or the concussion in year two, you know, those things have been a problem. And then Zach Moss, who had turf toe early in the season, and then the ankle injury late. I'm, I'm not sure that there's always something to glean from guys with injury histories and the likelihood of them having injuries again. But for those three players, it certainly seems like that trend has continued. Do you think that's something that 
Fiend may gravitate gravitate away from because it's kind of bitten him a little bit. Um, I mean, you're more of the draft guy than I am, but I would think that there's a deliation point between where the top end talent is and then where things drop off. I've seen that. It seems like it's more third, fourth round. Am I correct with that statement where we start seeing some of that elite yeah. traits kind of go by the wayside? Yeah. Okay. So I think that they just say, let's, let's bomb the barrel elite guys that they might have some questionable stuff, but maybe we can uh, strike lightning or catch lightning in a bottle, whatever you want to call it there. I think that's probably the approach I take. I mean, they might be having different snares for that, but I mean, we see Cody Ford have much of an injury history in college, but then he's had all sorts of injuries. And he's also another guy that I worry about heading into the season. In fact, I mentioned him earlier, but still it's not one for one, but I've noticed that injuries beget injuries. So we see that, if they have prior, previous injury history, it's more likely that they're going to have injuries later on, but it's not always uh, for sure thing. I mean, the best example I think of is Frank Gore. He had those ACL tears in college, and then he's still playing at, you know, what, age 60 or whatever. But um, it's not exact, but there is a correlation there. Anything else on these injuries as it relates to the rookie class or Brandon Bean's philosophy before we move on to some other topics? Not a whole lot more. I'm just surprised that Brandon Bean, at least the medical staff, the draft strategy, there's a pattern to it, and it was real fascinating. So if you want to read more into this, go on to Buffalo Rumblings. Um, it's called 20, 2021 NFL Draft, Analyzing Current Regimes, Buffalo Bills Draft Injury History. I I want to apply this to 2022 and see if there's any further patterns, anything more else we can identify when we head into the draft cycle next year, hopefully after the Bills win the Super Bowl. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX in weight? While the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and cookies and cream. All of these flavors are delicious, and maybe you just don't know where to start. You want to try Built Bars? You can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. You could try them all. And not only are Built Bar flavors delicious, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty. And they're all healthy. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
you kind of hinted at a couple of players already as among the five Buffalo Bills players that you're most concerned about regarding injuries in 2021, those being Zach Moss and Cody Ford. So what are the other players on this list that give you some concern as it relates to injuries in 2021? Uh, First one is Josh Allen. And not so much for previous injuries. He did have the shoulder injury. It, it looks like after all the information we knew, it was more of an AC joint sprain, but he still struggled with that uh, right after the Raiders game, those first few weeks. And we had talked about that with a slurring motion and the ability to get around, but he drives this entire team. So if he goes down, we have some problems. I know Mitch Trubisky is a similar player in that his style play is there, but if Josh Allen goes down, we got some problems. So for talent alone, I'm worried about that and also his ability to make sure he stays healthy. Uh, we hit on Zach Moss and Cody Ford already for their uh, previous reasons. The other one's Mitch Morris. I know that some people are starting to fall out of favor with him just because he doesn't miss a ton of games, but that concussion injury history is there. And then sometimes I think the quality of play uh, suffers a little bit, but I think that was more due to scheme. And then the fact that there was any consistency with the offensive line last year compared to uh, previous years, but um, I think he could bounce back, but the concussions are a worrisome thing. We saw that weird situation where he had the concussion, missed one game, and then he didn't play in the next game, but he was healthy and was active. So um, I know it's certainly weighing on, I'm sure the team and what Mitch Morris wants to do, I don't know that he suffers another concussion and like retires instantly, but you got to worry if he has another concussion, is it going to be out long? Is this going to affect his availability moving forward? So there's just the unknown of that. And we saw that happen with uh, Jordan Reed of Washington and San Francisco. And there's a great article, I think on the athletic as well, that detailed out how he dealt with his uh, concussions. So I like to think that, there's some correlation between what Mitch Morse is dealing with and then how Jordan Reed managed all his concussions because I think he had seven or eight total. And then the final one's Dawson Knox. Uh, he had the hamstring issue his freshman year. I detailed what the injuries were in college with all the stuff he dealt with. And then um, regarding Morse, actually, not Morse, uh, Knox, going through, he had concussion week two, he had calf injury week five, he had then got COVID, and then a hamstring strain a right side stinger, and then another stinger. So he was constantly dealing with injuries week after week after week, and not every injury led to the other one. For example, the calf injury and then getting COVID, he probably bought himself some time because he got the COVID and then he'd be out, but it just never seemed like he really could get going because he's always dealing with something. Um, So I want to see him be healthy. I know he's working on a hand-eye coordination, which doesn't exactly correlate to the injuries, but hopefully he continues to work on his body, get himself as healthy as possible so that he can absorb the hits he needs to not deal with soft tissue injuries he's dealt with in the past. And then um, just be out there, be productive. Like we think he can be. I want to go back to Mitch Morse and bring up some comments that he made back in September, 2019 regarding his concussion history. So let me read these to you. I, I maybe you've seen them before, but I'd like to get your thoughts on them. Again, this is September 2019. Mitch Moore said, when you look at the grand number of them, you get over the fact that if you take care of yourself and do everything the right way, I know for a fact that I'll be fine in the future. If it happens again, I'll be fine. And if it happens again after that, I'll be fine. You always wonder, but every single specialist I talk to 
said the outside perception of concussions is kind of far off. I feel very confident that I'm going to be fine in the future. We've done all the tests you can do, and everyone was tip top, and all the specialists said, I'll be just fine. Now, again, 2019, but this sounded like a very confident person as it relates to his mindset towards concussions and future concussions. And I feel like the retirement piece of the conversation is more us being worried that he's going to interpret it that when you go back to those comments, it doesn't really seem like that's the case. So I'd like to get your reaction on those. When he said those comments at the time, that was prior to training camp, correct? If I recall correctly, it was during the first, um, padded practice of camp, I think in 2019. Yeah. Okay. So I think he suffered a concussion literally days later after that. And he was out for the entirety of the uh, training camp. Um, though there was some, um, uh, what's the word I want to use uh, trickery, I guess is the best way to put it for, from Brandon B. Cause we found out later he had clear concussion protocol before we, it was publicly announced. So that was after three concussions. I'm not saying those thoughts or that, Confidence doesn't change, but I would think after a while, it just gets to be too much where, okay, I'm going through the same thing again and again. And when do you just say you want to walk away? Uh, I believe Marshall Yando, the Ravens last year had said, it's, it's something paraphrasing here. There was like a grind. It was just a ton of work trying to go through all the rehab and everything. So I would think at some point somebody just says, is this worth it? And continue dealing with what they're doing. We do know that concussions do impact that cognitive health later on, though it might impact a bunch of people severely. It might not impact them a whole lot. I know that they're going off of what's what they're looking at right now, but I would still think at some point he's going to say, All right, I, I've got my money. I've got my accolades. I'm ready to walk away. So, you know, that I'm looking for the outside in, like you'd said, but I would still think at some point you guys say, when do you walk away? When, when is enough and is enough? Fair enough. Now we are back to what feels like a normal season, right? We've had a pretty normal off season compared to last year. And so I wanted to ask you a question about how you think this is going to impact injuries and how load management needs to be accounted for. And I don't know if you saw what's going on with the CFL. I mean, just a lot of different injuries are popping up and, you know, they took all of last year off. So how or what's your mindset and what are your expectations as it relates to how players are going to be managed and the injury likelihood as we go back to what is a more normal offseason to get ready for the 2021 campaign? I'm going to quickly address a CFL thing. There's Saskatchewan rough, rough riders, roughneckers. I believe it was four Achilles injuries in a six man span. That's insane. We're not going to see that in the NFL. I guarantee you that. Just. <laughs> I, I was blown away and read it. I thought it was an error, but uh, obviously that's a concern of jumping back into things, but they didn't have um, the time to ramp up and whatnot. And the NFL has, but I think somebody got in a lot of trouble up there, but that's, that's CFL. That's not NFL going into load management. The, the bills and NFL as a whole has been really good at load managing. These guys aren't really ever sitting around doing nothing and then ramping up and going quickly. They training, year round. So they have their buys ready, obviously go through chronic acute workload phases so that they're always in shape, but then they have to ramp it up for more intense activities and their bodies can adjust that. And they still need those adjustment periods as compared to just saying, 
I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to go run, you know, 50 sprints as hard as I can and wonder why my hamstring popped. So we're still going to see some of those injuries coming into camp, especially the first two weeks. We're going to see the uh, contusions. We're going to see some sprains. We're going to see the uh, strains of the Achilles, or excuse me, not Achilles, the hamstrings and the calf, quads, all that stuff as they're ramping up those higher level activities. Because once again, they're still coming off of a six-week period where they're working out, but then they have to ramp it up there. Uh, some injuries we're going to see increase unfortunately our acls just due to the sheer number of bodies in camp uh, i haven't seen exact numbers whether this be 80 or 90 but it sounds like it's leading toward 90 based off of where we're at right now with uh, covid protocols so you got more buys in camp and they also have live action games which you can't account for some of the variability of that so we're going to see the increase of that hopefully another stuff happens with the bills they've been really good with that uh, we should see a decrease in Achilles injuries. So we did see that with Brian Cox Jr. during OTAs, which was a freak thing. But we should see that decrease because we did see an uptick last year with Achilles. Uh, we might see some fractures happen just because of the bang-bang plays in preseason. Uh, hopefully we won't see it in practice. And all that's going to be impacted, of course, too, by how the IR rules are um, implemented for the regular season. They haven't set up anything officially, but they said they're still going to do the short-term IR and the 16-man practice squad. So if we do see some of those injuries, we might still see guys sneak down the practice or the regular season roster and then switch to IR or whatever um, things they have to do to get as many guys active as possible. So uh, ACL injuries up, um, ideally not, though. Achilles down, strains, sprains, fractures. We'll probably see up a little bit, but hopefully everything kind of evens out. Kyle, anything else you want to talk about before we get to training camp regarding the Bills' injury situation before we let you go today? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage the preseason games because we've seen traditionally where that last game of the, the preseason, uh, most of the guys don't play, and it's all the guys fighting for a roster spot, and then we see how guys are playing quarter or half of the game and other games. So the fact that they have one less preseason game will be interesting to see how the team manages it and the reps for that. And then the extra game at the end of the season will be interesting to see too, because we're going to see if there's IR rules based off the current injuries, how that is impacted. And then also too, we're probably going to see some more veteran rest days. I don't think that's going to change for guys like Jerry Hughes and um, Mario Addison, for example, but we might see, them taking it more easy. And then I'm not sure how the extra week impacts the number of pattern practices they're eligible to have during the season, but I'm sure the training staff is to be very mindful of that. And they know it's a long season is, is so they don't want to go hammering these guys hard because they're trying to peak for the playoffs and get the Super Bowl rather than trying to peak and then, you know, be puttering out because they are working too hard sooner on or sooner than where they should be at. He's Kyle Trimble. Dr. Physical Therapy, bangeduppills.com is a website. Follow him on Twitter, at bangeduppills. Kyle, it was good to have you back on, and as always, thank you for your expertise. Thank you, Joe, for having me, and I look forward to talking to you guys here in a few weeks.